Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. And yes, since uh, Netflix and everyone is really talking about Hannibal again because it's showing up, me and Miss Vicky Love would thought that we would talk a little about the series and watch uh, episodes one and two. How did you run into the series? Me, I heard it was coming out, and I didn't think it was going to be that good. Yeah, I I heard about it, and it came on. I never watched it. Um, And then what happened was I was one of those people that in the middle of summertime, I I had um, Amazon Prime, but I got real sick with the flu, and so I just um, turned all the lights off in my bedroom and turned on Hannibal and binged it for hours on end, and that that was that. It's so good. You can't stop watching. Yeah. There's only one problem. Once you get to the end of season three, you're going to be like, you mean there's not more? Right. Well, anything good. However, you know, um, I do remember feeling that if that was the end, if season three was definitely the end, then it was okay with me. I was okay with it, the way that they ended it. But I would still like more. Yeah, that it it has a beautiful ending shot. Yes, it does. Actually, it has a lot of beautiful shots, period. It just does. Even the scariest moments. Yeah. We'll get into it as we watch it, but for a horror show, this is a gorgeously shot show. Yes. yes. It'll make Everything... you hungry, too. <laughs> well, some of it will. <laughs> Unless you're accountable. <laughs> you know, if you're accountable, then you're going to like the whole show. <laughs> you're going to be starving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is that... Uh, the people that did the costuming, the people that set up the set, they did a meticulous job. That's one thing I love about this. Um, uh, Mads, um, Milkinson, he's, um, I don't know if there's an L in there. It's Mike Kisson. Anyway, um, he, he can wear a suit like no one else. I mean, he can wear Viking clothes like no one else. He's just not like anyone else. But anyway, they they dress him in these colors, these suits. He doesn't wear a black and white suit or a blue and white suit. He wears suits of different lavender and rose and and he's so yeah. Yeah, style. The way they yeah. described him in the books, not the way that Anthony Hopkins played him. Right. They they gave him a more Evil. I mean, Hannibal's evil. Hannibal's evil, no doubt. He's a psychopath, all of that stuff. But he was more overtly crazy, evil, evil, psychopathic. Maybe it's because in the film, you know, he was he was already caught. I don't know. I mean, he wasn't already caught, but I mean, this is... Oh, you remember they describe him in the movie. He bit off a nurse's nose and ate it, and his blood pressure did not go up one bit. And then right. you see this right. boogeyman going... <laughs> and I'm like, no, no. 
I had read the book before well, I'd seen Sons of the Lambs. I'm like, no, this movie's poop. I like the movie. I like the movie. I like the book. I like the movie. And I like Red Dragon. And I I like everything except for the last film when it comes to the mythology of Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal Rising? uh, Yeah. I don't like that one. Yeah, we don't need to see why a monster becomes a monster. In, well, okay, you know what? In Jeffrey Dahmer, it was interesting. I mean, not that I just love cannibals or anything, but yeah. considering when they did Jeffrey Dahmer, or um, I, oh, I can see it in my mind, but I can't think of the name of it. It's not. It's not called Hank. It's called Henry. It's not called Henry. It's called oh, it's a serial killer. I forget the name of it. But it's yeah, okay Henry Lee Lucas. Yes, you can. It's Henry okay. Henry a serial killer. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That. I mean, it's 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 okay to see that, but I would rather see the evolution as we kind of see it in this TV show. Yeah, and they use some of the they use the Hannibal Rising mythology in this. But they don't yes. shove it in your face. Yeah, see, that's where the film made the mistake. I remember I saw it at the movie theater, and uh, I was highly disappointed, highly disappointed. Um, yeah, because it was all in your face. There was no intrigue. There was nothing to, you know, to wonder about. It was telling, not showing. But not like this. This, this is. This is TV at its best. Yeah. And I'm actually surprised it lasted for three years. Well, I was um, doing some research on it because I don't know the the entertainment background until today. And uh, um, it it was um, put into uh, the awards categories for um, Saturn Awards, and it won lot, um, many of the actors. You know, they weren't—they're not your run-of-the-mill actors. Lawrence Fishburne is um, Detective Jack. Yeah, can't he's a uh, Jack Crawford. Yeah, Crawford. Okay, he's not your run-of-the-mill TV person actor. Yeah. He's a movie star, right? And Mads is a movie star. So when you get actors like that, you have to have good writing. So that keeps it on. Yeah. And we are set up right at the very first of the first episode. Yeah, mine says um, one second. Yeah, mine does too. And okay. Here we go in five, four, three, two, one. Hit play. We'll go. Okay, this crime scene right here is what you didn't know, but I've listened to the commentary. Yes. This is the Red Dragon's first kill. Uh, Francis Dalwright's first attempt at the killing. So this oh. isn't just a throwaway scene that's forgotten about. It's just never tied to him, but 
Fuller has stated that this is yeah, this the, makes and I love makes how they sense. get this out of the way right at the first, you know. Oh, shows how uh, how he can place himself there. Yeah, how Will Graham is empathetic to serial killers. Right, right. How he can place himself at the scene and how it works out. I like the the windshield wiper thing. That's, uh, remember the pit and the pendulum? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what, that's what it is, one of those uh, pendulum blades. Yeah. Because then the closer he gets to Will, the more trouble he gets into. And then also as a wiper blade, as a symbol, you know how a wiper blade wipes things away? That's what his mind does. He wipes away what he sees and he steps back. And he wipes away and he steps back. Wipes away and he steps back. I love it. Look at how gorgeous that house is. The way they lit it up. And the red door. Well, there's a there's a mythology about red doors. Oh yeah, there's a lot of mythology about red doors. Then it shows him walk in. And you notice how he plays it like. Michael Peterson played it in Manhunter. Yes, yes. Michael Peterson was great. Manhunter is one of my favorite films. And if you notice, if you've ever watched CSI, Peterson plays Will Graham as (laughs) CSI detective. Yes. Well, I love the words to this. I know. Just every single word from the moment he starts talking is perfect. Every well, he single just word builds. Key words of the series. Yeah, by my design. This is my design. Everything here yeah. is designed. Like we're introducing the red dragon. It won't show up to the end of the series. Right here. Well, it's a brilliant way to start it because, actually, that's how the book and the whole story start. Yeah. Well, the book Red Drag, well, the book Red Dragon starts where the third season of this starts, the second half of the third season. Right. But still, what I what I mean is that. Red Dragon is the catalyst for all of this, for all the yeah. stories, all the stories. It's it's the it's the beginning spot. But see, if you do know the stories, then you know in Red Dragon, um, what's his name? Say his the serial killer's name again. Francis Dolleride. Yes, he would watch a family for weeks on end to get it right. Yeah. 
And there he is, Jack Crawford. Lawrence Fishburne said he'd be better. No, he won an award. <laughs> to be honest, I missed the first episode and I had to go uh, download it because this is back in the day where you could get instant gratification. And uh-huh. I watched the second episode first and it kicked me in the teeth so much I just like, wow, well, i got to go back and see the first one now. <laughs> see, we already see him. He's an antisocial person because of what he's his ability. Right. Well, it makes him on the spectrum. He's um he's autistic. See, there you go, right there, the spectrum. Sociopath. And what's fun, this is the third Jack Crawford. The first one was played by uh, Louis Farina, who most of you probably know from Law and Order. Right. And the second right. was Scott Glenn. Well, if you don't know who Scott Glenn is, then I feel sorry for you. <laughs> and this character we're introducing now the Minnesota the uh the Minnesota strike. Well, he's mentioned in the book, Red Dragon and Manhunter, is the one that caused Will here to go crazy. Right. That's why it's Manhunter is such a... TV show that goes this much. Well, haven't you complained that about the new Star Trek series, how they ignore... History and lore to do whatever the heck they yeah. want. Yeah. Now, this one is deep in keeping with the lore of the books and. Right, exactly. I like that. The evidence explains because it does. Yeah. And I love that he's already trying to get away from it, but Crawford won't let him. Well, he, you know what? It's not just that. That's the outwardly thing. You know, he thinks about it, he dreams about it, drives him crazy, but he still wants to figure it out, too. Yeah. 
love that. I feel bad. Oh, yeah, look at... And I love how the parents aren't stupid. Right. Right. It's nice to see a show that isn't predilected on the stupidity of one or other characters. No one's stupid in this show. Even no. the ones who are are victims, they're none of them are stupid. I think the point of this is that um it's not stupidity that makes you a victim or a serial killer. And then, like, the father is visibly, he can't really handle it. And the mother is more pragmatic. The total opposite of what you would think from traditional TV. Okay, just look at their clothing, too. Because yeah. it just looks real. And Jimmy Price is in Manhunter, too. What? Oh, I'm sorry. There's a lot of characters that were just mentioned in the other books that were... that are main characters in this. Right, like the team, the forensics team. Yeah. But for a TV show, you have to make it interesting for the audience if it's going to be episodic. right there really shows how true empathetic uh, that Will is. Right, right. He can feel the father's, I mean, like it's his own feelings. In a way, he's like a raw, open nerve. Well, not really. I don't think that because I'm highly empathetic. And I can, it's more like a building of um, this warm anxiety on the inside of you. Yeah. It's not like a, a like an open nerve or a tendon snapping. That's only at the end when well, you have to What I mean by that is that it's like a raw open nerve, is then he can't shut it off, he can't close off, you know. Well, he shuts off the father's feelings, and now he's focusing on what happened to her. What's um, intriguing about this show is that it shows you Will committing the crimes, 
Yeah. In the very first episode, in the very first 15 minutes. Yeah. To get you hooked on what's Well, he didn't on. want to pussyfoot around. He wanted to get it out of the way so he could get into, as he calls it, the meat of the story. Right. I'm pretty sure she won an award for her part also. Yeah. Yeah. And right here is his addiction. But it's a good one. Yeah. We're all addicted to something. But the reason why dogs are drawn to him is because he's so empathetic. Yeah. Dogs can feel empathy. Not the empathy in human beings. You know how a dog knows instantly if a bad person is around? Yeah. Aww. <laughs> I just love seeing this part part with him, you know. For every horrible thing that happens to him on down the line in this show. Right. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> and this is what they call the PTSD sweats, what he has. Right. I love that he has that heater on for the dog. That is an excellent part. Real, real good detail. Pay no attention, this is a horror show series, folks. I don't know right. how the hell they got away with this on NBC. This is something I would expect to see on Netflix. Well, it's Netflix, not on Netflix still did DVDs, but every episode when they showed this on NBC had a warning for violence and extreme content. Look at him. It looks like he's just taking a shower. And this right here is the improvisation by uh, 
improvisation by uh, Lawrence Fishburne right here. <laughs> I mean, I just, you can tell I legitimately freaked out. And I love how they use the red here. I love how angry Crawford is about this. Well, he wants to stop this guy from killing. Yeah. right there that he could be a family man. Yeah. I like this. No words, no anything. Oh, look at everyone's wearing those masks now. Jacob Hobbs Garrett. Jacob Garrett Hobbs. And his daughter. But at the first, the first time you're watching the show, you don't know if she is going to be the next victim because they were just talking about there's all kinds yeah. of MacGuffins in here, very buried, buried, subtle clues that uh. take you the wrong way. And this actress, she was in another Brian Fuller um, show called Wonderfall. She was the main character. <laughs> Alana Bloom. He's Sydney. It's changed from Sydney Bloom and Manhunter. Well, that's probably got to do more with TV appealing to the audience. But the last name Bloom is really good because that's what she does. That's a, it's a good verb for her character. Yeah. 
though. They have to focus on those minute details. Yeah. He's trying to catch the killer in a completely different way. He becomes the killer. Just like you would. And they and I love how they introduce. Yeah, it's perfect. Per- perfection in introducing him by saying the other killer is eating yeah. him. And then he looks right at us like, you've been waiting for me? First he kind of looks away in that philosophical lector way and then looks at us. <laughs> yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Yep. Oh, this guy, I mean, he's such a great actor. Remember, Hannibal finds out about the head that's in the car from yeah. this guy. If you're a fan <laughs> of um, Fantastic Beasts, you'll know this actor. Yeah. Now, look at the walls. They're the same as in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, Franklin. And I love all these hints they get to how big of a monster Hannibal is without saying. And look right there, he's got the blue periwinkle pinstripe outfit. Yeah. yeah. The rose, matching rose. Right. The tie is a rose color and the shirt is yellow. Oh, I guess maybe it's yellow. The tie. Everything's textured, too. Yeah. We're in Hannibal's safe zone. Yep. And his room is layered. You were stepping up there. 
Rising uh, material. Right. Even then, even at the first, you have the thread of violence from him. You're just waiting for him, you know. I know. We're waiting for the monster to come. Not knowing that the monster is always there. She also showed me the evolutionary uh evolutionary origin of social excluded. Very interesting. It's it must be very daunting to have to take on this role. Yeah. And I don't think anyone but Mad could have played it this subtle. Yeah, he's so cool. Even in his threat that that um, Jack Crawford did not know was a threat. And, yeah. And and now he's happy. Whenever Hannibal's happy, he puts his hands in his pockets. Yeah. Look at him. He's like he's in his element right now. Like yeah. God, this is awesome. I love um Graham's Will Graham's shirt right here. I every time I see it. And look at the texture of his his coat. That is yeah. um animal skin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what You can tell Hannibal's intrigued with him from the go. Yep. Right, he's using every. <laughs> you won't like me when I'm psychoanalyzed. <laughs> I think we'll get a lecture on psychoanalyzed. I know it's perfect. That's great writing right there. I love it. Someone who's overly empathetic versus someone with no empathy at all. Actually... I'm not sure that Hannibal doesn't have empathy. Yeah. Uh, the, his actions 
I mean, his actions with this victim right here, totally, completely unempathetic. But when it comes to the girl, I mean, he uses her, too, just like he uses Will, but... Yeah. And he empathizes with Will. Yes, but there's there's some empathy going on with them. And this is all a reference to the mythology of Prometheus. Yeah. Oh, the way they put it, paint this picture. Yeah, I I've always loved that little phrase. And they actually did use a chef to help him with all of this recipe and the cutting and all that. And the preparation techniques. Right. Well, when I worked in a deli, I learned a lot about knives. Yeah, that's one thing that's never really brought in the movie is that uh, Hannibal sees most humans as unclean pigs. Most. Not all, though. Brandy. You know what I mean? It's just watching them prepare. Even if you know it's humans, just make you hungry. Looking at how well prepared that food is. This food porn, and that's another way they're manipulating us. We're thinking, God, that looks so good. And then, we realize, oh my God, that's human. Animal's one of those guys that if he is in a restaurant describing the meals on the menu, you'd eat anything you'd recommend it, wouldn't you, Vicky? Well. Just the way he talks about it. I mean, you can tell that this is his biggest pleasure, is... Oh, yeah. Look at him. He smiles. He's smiling. And dresses up in finery just to eat dinner. Exactly. But he's smiling, and in his head he's probably reliving the murder. Whereas Will is now trying to think about... And this about is based on an Indian legend. And you've heard of the Wendigo, haven't you? Yes, of course. Man who eats flesh of a mother man becomes a monster. And then he shows up at his house. Today. <laughs> I would be so suspicious of anybody I just met the day before showing up at my doorstep and wanting to come into my house. 
I see. I love that. I'm very careful about what he puts into his body. And how good does that look yeah. on his the sausage, the eggs, the peppers? I don't like peppers, but they look good. <laughs> yeah, it looks very pleasing. Yes, you're eating somebody's body parts. And he is a true gourmet. He brings his own coffee. Right. Well, I can see him killing somebody over asking them to stop it at McDonald's. (laughs) Right. Because I'm a lot like that. I am very picky about what I eat, what I put inside my body. Very picky. I haven't eaten at McDonald's in years. I just am very picky about it. The devil's in the details. Negative positive. Well, you know, I think this conversation is where Hannibal is giving Will a doorway into his own psyche. Not not Will's psyche, but into Hannibal's psyche. Yeah. And he's helping him figure out who the killer is. Well, he definitely wants to know who the killer is. He's one of those people just like pushing the dominoes just to see how it lands. Right. Yeah, but I think this is the beginning. This conversation is the beginning of the setup because Hannibal wants a partner. Yeah. I love the way he His fascination. Right here. Wait, yeah. I love the way Hannibal describes Will. That's brutal, but it's the truth. The mongoose that sits under the that went under the porch when the snake slither by. Peeking behind the curtain. Whose curtain is getting peeked behind, though? Like, 
explain the pretty you have Auburn and Harris about this call. Maybe I don't I don't keep <laughs> I like this woman. <laughs> totally pissed, but still keeping it a little bit under control. Yeah. Look how excited Hannibal really is over there. Now he knows who the killer is. He knows it, you know. Right. He's like looking for his his opportunity. So there it is, the opportunity. The moment. Yeah. He makes his waiting. own opportunities. Yep. And right here, every horrible thing that happens in the next 20 minutes is all Hannibal's fault because he wants to see what would happen. Yeah. A courtesy call. The way he now what's gonna happen? Imagine having to wait five minutes in between commercials, and then you come back to the aftermath. Yes. And now and of we're course. seeing everything that happened in West's way of seeing it. We're the ones going back. Which is a brilliant um, uh, writing and directing uh Choice. Yeah, there's a reason why this should be your new addition for this him. summer. And that and Netflix is treating this series light, unlike Amazon Prime, which just dumped it on their freaking list, and you had to really search for the damn thing, didn't you, Vicky? Um, yeah, it didn't pop up, and but I knew about it, and so I searched it. Yeah. And Netflix like, we got fucking Hannibal! Yeah, motherfucker! <laughs> and they're treating it like a new show, which is a good thing and honestly true for most of the people probably either listening to this or watching it on Netflix. Well, if Netflix is thinking about, like, when Amazon Prime took Expand, and if they're thinking about putting money into a fourth season or a film, they're going to want to see if there's interest. Yeah, and you know us doing a show, this Amazon, Netflix will notice that when you are doing this. Every time you post on Facebook about it, Netflix notices it. So the more that you post about it and pass it on or do things like this, it's going to help get a new season on this. 
See, that's really telling right there how he knows exactly how to stop the carotid from bleeding out. Oh, and he smiles right, right now, there. he's like a scientist looking at a petri dish. Well, no, he's he's pretending to be fatherly, but then he turns into a father figure. Once he realizes that she's like him, and right. he's trying to be to her what uh, the Japanese woman that doesn't show up to the third season was to him. Right, right. His mentor. Oh, shit. And don't forget, it may not be empathy. Remember who got killed in Hannibal Rising was... Hannibal's baby sister. So he sees his baby sister in her. So he's dealing with his own psychological issues. The sister that he couldn't protect. You know. Right. Right. This is how you use that lore from Hannibal Rising. Not the way the movie did. Exactly. I I agree. And look, he's wearing like a cardigan that. sweater, a fatherly sweater, a fatherly shirt, yep. you know. Right. He's, that is the Hannibal that is buried deep, 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 deep down inside. He caused all of this, and yet, innately, he has a connection to the girl. And we're already through with the first episode. Imagine you had to wait a week for the next one. <laughs> yeah. And not just five seconds like we're going to. <laughs> right, here it is. Bullet casings. And this is where it really starts to get nasty, folks. So I'm warning those who haven't watched it before. You know, this is really good. If you've ever gone to a shooting range, that's exactly the way it sounds because you have those massive earmuffs on. Okay, I'm going to Not skip like a little that. bit better because, yeah. Yeah, right now that we're opening is, with Will and the Gunny. I had to go to the well, end credits in the coming next. I forgot how right. Netflix is at skipping at the next episode. <laughs> but yeah. That um that was a really good way of showing that he was reliving the killing of the father. With oh, sound, yeah. With and if you're wondering that the actor who played Garrett Jacob Hobbs played uh the head of uh Emerald City and Oz. He's a he's been in lots of things. He's a really good character yeah. actor. He makes a good living. Well, now you know, we're getting up on the uh, where the series really 
shows you that it's not going to pull any punches. <laughs> and uh, you know this show doesn't treat you like you're stupid. It doesn't explain yeah. go and overly explain what why that we're here. You just right. have to see Garrett Jacob Hobbs' cabin. And Garrett Jacob Hobbs is a very important part of Will's mythology. I mean, he's mentioned in the big speech in uh, Manhunter and Red Dragon, but this is the first time we get to see everything. Well, it's the first time he's killed anybody, too. I mean, that's a huge yeah. psychological thing for any world, for most people. Good Lord, just the way the antlers are used. You well, yeah, think, look at... I was okay. just going to hang some antlers on the wall, and it would look this foreboding. Well, I have a set of antlers, and antlers are are special, and to get them that white and clean, you have to spend a lot of time with them. I love they start bringing, this is when they start a little thread that pays off at the end of the yep. season. Right. Why wouldn't she be a suspect? Why wouldn't she be a suspect? Yeah, I don't know. She would be. She would be. Even though he tried to kill her. And right here we're seeing one of Hobbs' weakness. If he cares about someone, it's hard for him to see the... Evil inside. Ah, Frederica Lounge or Freddie Lounge. That whole beginning's so cool. I love the fact that they take characters where you know their fates in the other books. And then he may or may not switch up where their character goes. Because I was like, I didn't like her, but I didn't want to see her have the same fate as the book. But I don't remember if she she did or not. Yeah, I mean, she isn't a a nice person. She is. She's got niceness in her. Yeah. You know what? She's a nice person in some ways. She's not real kind. But she's not a horrible person that deserves death. Yeah. Unlike the Freddy and Manhunter, who was a scumbag reporter who deserved to die. But, yeah. <laughs> I love that credit sequence where the wine slash blood forms Hannibal. Yeah. 
Now, I don't know why they allow him to sit there with that. See, in a psych evaluation, I don't know. I don't know if he'd be doing this. Yeah, dumb luck. Do you remember how the Son of Sam was caught? Yeah, a lot of um, serial killers are caught by dumb luck, but I can't remember. Son of Sam was caught because of parking tickets. That's right. <laughs> if he had to pay his parking tickets, they wouldn't have caught him. Well, he, you know, everyone thought he was dumb, but he wasn't. No. Microwaves were invented by dumb luck. Somebody left their popcorn in the wrong place and whoopee. Yeah, Jack just throws those two together. The reason you currently used to work homicide is because you didn't have the stomach for pulling the trigger. You just pulled the trigger ten times. No, it's so I can get some sleep at night. I asked you to get close to the Hobbs thing. I need to know you didn't get too close. How many nights did you spend in Abigail Hobbs' hospital room? Uh, a relationship's not personal. Uh, yeah, right. 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 Yeah, he was there. He's the one who caused it all. Yeah. There's that red wall. I used to have yeah. a red wall in my house. That exact color. <laughs> I love how they've used this. They front, they shift in the ways that the bo- that mans and dudes put the bodies in the space station. You would see the same thing in a romantic movie, wouldn't you? Perhaps. Maybe this is Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Except that Hannibal is Romeo. Right. Well, Romeo causes all the deaths. In uh, yeah. Romeo and Juliet, it is not a romantic play. It is, um, it's far from that. And Romeo does. He causes every single death in that play. And, you know, in this, he's, Hannibal is courting Will right now. Yeah, well, you, you picked Romeo and Juliet perfectly because... Uh, Romeo was down there and Juliet up on the balconies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. Do you feel obligated? Yes. Incredibly so. Yeah. I've been in the woods <laughs> around Baltimore, Maryland. Looks just like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm back up with you. I had to skip forward a little bit because of the thing. But yeah, I love it. They find the tubes. You're like, what the hell? Yeah, it's not marijuana. Marijuana. It's a mushroom. Another sick person. (laughs) This is his mushroom grove. (laughs) It's not marijuana. (laughs) Oh, crazy. And this was on primetime TV, 10 o'clock on Thursdays, NBC, folks. But it's not really, it's all, it's very suggestive. And I love this scene between him and her. This is where those two bond. I think that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, I like her. The first time I watched it, I didn't know if I liked her. But I like this. She teaches him. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to get lead poisoning. I was next. I was in the boat 
next to the one they were fishing a body out of um, a lake in Virginia. Yeah. With the sheriff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was gross. Yeah. Because he's eating the mushrooms. No, he's not. Not lazy at all. <laughs> That's a funny joke. She's got a yeah. really wry sense of humor. There she is. Sitaki. Just think of how much more subtle they could have, she could have done that nowadays. What do you mean? You know. She could have just been acting like she's looking at texts and stuff and it took pictures. Oh, I know. Yeah, things are way different than even seven, eight years ago. Manipulator. Complete. She is. She's an amateur compared to. Uh, well, she's good with average people. She's really yeah. good with the average, but not Hannibal doesn't like her at all because no. he sees straight through her. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, he hates tackiness. Yeah, he does. Here. And I love how he doesn't over-explain things like this. He just lets it go. You know, it's like easy under, easy you get it or you don't. Yeah. There's no hand-holding on this show. Well, by the end you get it. If you don't get it, by the end you do, but nobody has to tell you. It, it's not a telling type show. It's good. It's very good writing. Yeah. Directing both. I love that dirt flying. Bury me in a shallow grave. Oh, God. Put them. There it is again. This is my design. Don't watch it. 
right here is intrigued by this something that he's never considered before but he yeah fungus is really crazy stuff yeah and Hannibal knows that he's the one that's going to be able to see through him when the time comes but he also you know by by saying telling Will that that Jack doesn't need to know about his hallucination. Now they're keeping yeah. secrets from Jack. Yeah, it starts to drive a wedge between him and his father figure. Yes. This is it, man. A blank slate to Tablu Rasa. You're like, no. what, five seconds, ten seconds behind me? Yeah. Well, that's why I had to pass forward to the whole whole day episode thing. Man, he's just baiting her and baiting her to see how smart she is or... Lack of yeah. intelligence. Yeah, he's like, I know. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that thing. he knows what's up. He's just, he's amused by her. Yes. Whereas we say down south, he can't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> Man, don't even push him. He'll kill you right now. I know. I thought she was dead right now. Like they're gonna kill her. I know. <laughs> but she, um, she gave him the bag. So. Uh huh. Another, another lie. <laughs> I'd rather not take it from you. I 
I thought he was going to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> See? He could wipe that purse just clean of his the wife for dinner. battle of wits. <laughs> Not by me. I think it became a standoff. I don't think that um, that Hannibal won that battle of wits right there. No. I mean, he has one hmm. up on everyone because he is a killer. And a psychopath and everything. Yeah, he is a killer, but he likes having friends. Yes, he does. He likes to psychoanalyze people. Yeah. And why do you say that? (laughs) Not just alcoholics, but compromised endocrine. Well, that is in the family. That's about diabetic heteroacidosis. Yeah. 
You guys, you're stupid. I knew that from the very get-go. He's eating those mushrooms. Yeah, the first time. I knew it. It, But that's because I know a lot about mushrooms, and so I just knew. Normal mushrooms, people. She's not one of those that takes them (laughs) special kind of mushrooms. No, I gave that up a long time ago. <laughs> Here's one thing that's horseshit. Look at the bottles. Look at the bottle he switched. It isn't the numbers that diabetics can't pay attention to. It's the, the top, right? The color? The color, yeah. Yeah. They would not have like an eighty. They would not have an eighty milligram dose as the same color as the lower dose. Right, right. That's one of the like that. That well, this show doesn't have many of those kinds of um, mistakes. Well, how many really would? All over the county. Really, would know that? Know that little secret. Right, right, exactly. Drunk this car. <laughs> oh. Why would they have the trunk that high on the rim? Well, he would have to have a special, you know, his, his, yeah. his the trunk needs to be functional for him, so he'd have to have a special yeah. car. I bet that trunk smells like shit. <laughs> You know, Hannibal had her do that. Oh, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry, you guys. Yeah. He's just manipulating everything. He used the manipulation. Yeah, like I said, he likes knocking over the dominoes to see where they lay. Because look at the curtain. That's dominoes. See? Yeah, that's, um, yeah. Shape. (laughs) 
Does she? She knows she's obstinate. But she's obstinate. She doesn't show that she's frightened. You know, if you look really carefully at uh, Hannibal's office, you'll see a um, statue of an elk. Yeah. And one of the most expensive Hannibal figures I got. Hannibal is the Wendigo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've got the whole set except for the Brian, uh, the showrunner's figure. Brian Fuller. $150 for that one. (laughs) No. That's a little steep. Yeah. Go put out a set of five. One from season two, and uh, Jack, Will, Hannibal, and Wendigo. I love the fact he's wearing that army jacket, showing that you know PTSD. Right. I love that she's reading Flannery O'Connor. To a 12-year-old. Well, there are a couple of Flannery O'Connor stories that I read when I was a young teenager. Yeah. Well, I read 1984 on my own as a teenager, so I'm one to talk. Yeah, Exactly. But the thing is, um, coma patients, my son was in a coma, and um, they encourage you to talk, read, and sing, or play music to coma patients. 
one. Right, exactly. I love it. It looks like water and then... Clouds in his coffee. Barry Abigail? How's he going to get her out of the hospital? Okay. Like this happened, you get to hear bullshit, 
bullshit. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. <laughs> Do you think that they would not notice someone new in a freaking and hospital like that? He's running around and not with ask a, to uh, see their name card. Yeah, exactly. I don't and why know. wouldn't yes, the, and the alarms in her bed once they disconnected her from the beep 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 I know oh bullshit they know everything it took me 10 minutes to get my test one time I was in the hospital because they'd have to check who the nurse is where I'm going and when I'm going to be back <laughs> And nobody heard that gunshot? Shouldn't there be a bunch of people running? That's bullcrap. You can't take down a suspect by shooting them in the arm. I've seen the news lately. (laughs) They do. I know. I believe it'll come. He should have let me find that. He That's why you shot him ten times. Well, scared reactions. Well, he's been trained, though. Yeah. Well, Sam Fuller said that the first time he shot someone, he shot him about eight times because... The first time you do it, it's like you get scared shitless, so you just keep bang, 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 keep pulling the trigger out of shot. Yeah, that happens to a lot of these cop shootings where they've never shot before, and so they over, it's an overkill thing. Yeah. And Nussel said, he said, only, he said, how many men do you kill in war? He said, you only kill one. After the first one, you keep seeing that first one again and again every time you kill someone. I he's baiting him. Yeah. And this is where the subject and this is where the seduction kicks in. You know. Well, yeah, because he's already he's already um courted him, now he's seducing him. Yeah. God just enjoy killing because he does it so lot. 
Right. Which, if there is a God, he does enjoy. He enjoys suffering and everything. Oh, that's the end. Yeah. And that was quick, wasn't it? I know. It's always amazing to me how, I mean, they're only about 45 minutes each at each episode because of all the commercials and all. But it's still so intriguing. And this is a sample. I hope you listen to it. It makes you want to watch the rest because they are all worth freaking watching. And depending on how this show goes over, well, heck, we might even delve deeper into this. Well, Brian Fuller has already written out his ideas. I mean, he did it back in 2015. Um, His ideas of either a season four or a film. He already knows how he wants to introduce Clarice Starling. He already knows who he yeah, wants to. Yeah, but they to. don't. Have, they can't get the rights to it because uh, uh, someone else owns the rights to the Clarice Starling character. Right, but you never know what happens in Hollywood. Yeah, Netflix hopefully. has all the money. You know, Netflix. You think Disney with the Disney Channel and all that stuff and Star Wars and all of it. You think that Disney is the richest, but Netflix has more money than Disney. And Netflix is the powerhouse entertainment now. So when I think of something like Brian Fuller wants to continue with his Hannibal show, I see Netflix saying, yeah, maybe we can find a way to get the Hannibal, I mean, the... Clarice Starling character back. Yeah. I just don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. And with all the new fans that are going to be jumping ship on Netflix, I would pick up those Hannibal Pops right now while they're still cheap. The Wendingo's 45, and so is uh, the Will Graham from Season 2, and Hannibal himself is 35. I would pick them up because I can see them really getting popular now that the show's getting back again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And these two episodes set up the whole fulcrum of the rest of the season. And there's even an episode, if you didn't know, Vicky, on the first season, you can only get it on streaming or the DVDs, that NBC wouldn't play. Oh. Why wouldn't they play it? It's the one about the woman and the little kids. Where she had the little kids go and uh, revisit their parents after she brainwashed them. Oh, yeah. That one, isn't that, that's not season one. Yeah, that's season one. It is? Yeah. Well, it's been several years since I watched this. Yeah, NBC wouldn't even play that episode. Well. I mean, they should have known what they were getting into. Yeah. But, yeah, it's new on Netflix. If you haven't seen it before and you're just listening to us, watch it. It's great. 
It's got better acting than most television series. Oh, that's the that's um episode four with the children. Yeah. Oh, and since we're wrapping it up, I want to ask you another question about TV. And I want to duck and yeah. cover. What do you think about Star Trek going to make Captain Kirk buying a new series? Oh, um, I haven't read because, you know, I was gone for several days, and that all came up while I was gone. So I don't know anything about it except just the headlines that I read. So I don't know if that's something that um, that you know part of the CBS thing. I mean, it's yeah, really it's part stupid. Of the CBS thing. So this is the Alex like Kirkman idea. <laughs> I know, but wait, this is the Alex Kirkman um, idea. Yes. What a fuck! I fucking hate that guy. Excuse my language, people. I really dislike Alex Kurtzman. If he's going to make Captain Kirk buy, I'm glad my father is dead. My dad is going to roll in his grave. Oh, my God. And Gene Roddenberry's going to come up out of his grave with a ball bat and look for him. Oh, my God. I cannot believe that. That is unbelievably... Oh my God! I'll have to consult all my favorite people, the uh, critical drinker, neurotic. See what they're having to say about this stuff. This is that's insane. Truly I mean, insane. I understand you know, with diversity and all that, but Star Trek's already got a gay character. Well, the whole thing is, is that you can't go backwards and change characters. Because then that character means nothing. That's just a brand new character. So why not introduce a brand new character? Yeah, because we really talked about this today. We hate Hannibal Rising, the book. But we love how Hannibal Rising was used in this series. Hannibal. Right. Right. That's like saying that Hannibal isn't a cannibal. Okay? Let's go back. That is just too gross. Let's go back and rewrite him. And um, he just likes to eat the organs of animals, not humans. So, you know, that doesn't make him who he is, who the character is. It's ridiculous. Oh, I hope they don't do that. I can't stand CBS anymore. Well, that's like making that's why Captain Picard a into a pussy a great like old idiot. show was coming back like Hannibal. We're like, yes, new people get to watch it. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, Netflix is, is easier to search through. I love Amazon Prime, but but it their ugh. search engine should be drug outside and shot. No kidding. Amazon Prime has all the money in the world. They could hire the best webmasters to make their their streaming service just top of the line. And it is oh, awful. Awful, awful. Yeah. Yes, there's a lot about 
Amazon streaming service that needs to be changed. But and oh well, Netflix is still someone changing. that worships at the altar of uh, Amazon Prime sci-fi shows. That's right. I watch their bad movies. I watch all their sci-fi. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I hope you fanables enjoyed it and the new ones too. And tomorrow night as part of, well, the second part's going to be at the last Sunday of the month. We're going to be doing a discussion with Kevin Nicholson on LGBT movies. And tomorrow we're going to be watching Rocket Man, the Elton John story. Not only was it one of the best films of last year, but God, it was a great musical. And compared to Bohemian Rhapsody, this one is brutally, well, for every time that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody whiffleballed it, Rocket Man is the brutal, honest story of Elton John. And it's not pretty. Well, his life was not pretty. He had a lot of things happen. He weathered them all, thank goodness, but... Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do a biography, you might as well do it right. Yeah, have you got to see it yet? No, I haven't watched it yet. It's on Amazon Prime for free now. Yeah, watch it. It's good. It's on my list. I just haven't yet. Well, that sounds like a good show tomorrow. Yeah. And the way they use the songs is great, too. Like at the beginning, it shows his dysfunctional family fighting with each other. And it breaks mm-hmm. into uh, I Want Love. Well, that is... Um, that's that's good movie making right there. Yeah. And Sunday for Father's Day, me and Carla, we're going to be watching Come to Daddy. And I've seen it. It's good. And the many twists that it takes will warp your mind is great. It plays Elijah Wood going to see his father, Stephen McHattie, who he hasn't seen in 20 years (laughs) or more. Well, wow. That's all you need to know is Stephen McHattie. (laughs) Well, I haven't seen that movie. And thank you and good night. And people, stay at home. All these states where everybody is dying, especially in Florida. I beg everyone who's listening to me in Florida and all my friends in Florida, stay at home. Please do. Hell, it is a bloodbath already. I, you know what? Um, I just drove through Los Angeles. And this is what I can say. Los Angeles is really taking it seriously. I drove through Los Angeles for the first time, I think, ever in my life. 
No stop and go traffic, nothing. I drove straight through. Now, when I got to the San Joaquin Valley, we are here, we are spiking. Our, our um, virus um, numbers are just going up and up, and all the, the traffic on the freeway mimics all the people out there, out there, just out there. I saw people today because I had to go grocery shopping. I saw people today in the grocery store taking off their masks. They were ta- they took them off like, ha ha! I'm in the store and I don't have my mask on. Ha ha! You're you're putting us all in danger. It's just I, I don't know. People stay so safe. Please be you careful. Stay around for a while. Please be care- careful. This is part two of the first wave. Part two of the first wave. Come October, November, we'll be the the first one. Ain't over yet. Right. (laughs) We'll never get open to schools again. If this keeps going, the schools will never open again. And Vicky, and Vicky isn't concerned for her job. She's concerned because she's going to have to hear all of her other, all of her fellow teachers bitch about it. Yeah, I'm concerned <laughs> over everyone else. I mean, my job, I'm not, my job's not in jeopardy because I teach, but my pay is. They want to cut my pay, and that's just not going to fly. So we just need to be careful. We need to do what people do in wartime because this is a different type of war. This is this is harder. And this kills more people. We've already surpassed a long time ago the death of Vietnam War. So And what are people bitching on Facebook? And Jemima. I wanna say this. If they oh. keep the same formula and everything like they say they're going to do, and they are, they could call it rat poison. You're going to die as soon as you eat it, and we hate <laughs> you for buying this. And I'd still buy it if it still right. was the same stuff. Yeah, I mean, all lives matter. All this is important. Racism is terrible, should go away. We should find solutions. But... What's really important, and we're burying it, is that there's a deadly virus out there. Yeah. And I've been on a ventilator once in my life, and I never want to be on one again. It's not a fun experience. Oh, I've not been something on a ventilator. Yeah. I've nearly died from uh, pneumonia twice. I had it three times in one year. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Was that fun? No. <laughs> Right. So, all I can say is, take it seriously. Yeah, good night. We love every stinking one of you who listen. And goodbye, everybody. Good night. Get off of life.